0: I'm actually really excited to be able to share with you guys this morning uh, something that I think is really going to be uh, helpful for all of us, um, no matter where you find yourself on the spectrum of of you know this situation with the coronavirus, and um, you know some people think it's just a bunch of hype, some people think that this is the big one, uh, and and everywhere in between. And so I'm I'm hoping that what we talk about today will will sort of give all of us some good perspective on what's really going on, uh, whether it's all hype or whether this is the big one, you know, and uh, so I'm just going to talk. Honestly, I want to share a lot about just from a heart with you. Um, so, so I know that we've got quite a few people watching online. So again, welcome online. It's, it's super excited that you guys are joining in today. And uh, I do want to say a couple things. First off, you know, when it comes to how we're doing church, um, man this is going to be a week to week thing um, you know probably for the next few weeks I, I would I would assume that we are going to be meeting online in some way shape or form and so uh, so just until further notice kind of prepare yourself for for this to be the way that we do church um, also with small groups um, our small groups are still meeting in different ways uh, so so contact your small group leader and kind of figure out uh, talk to them hey how are we are we going to be meeting online in uh, you know like different chats or or, or are we going to get together? Uh, there's a lot of people. Basically, this is our heart as a church is we want to create environments where people can, can connect with each other and connect with God. And however we are able to do that in the safest way possible, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and so also, if you're in a small group and, and you find yourself in need, uh, maybe there's, you know, with, with schools closing, maybe there's some things going on that, that you're like, hey, you know, I'm in need right now with some things. Um, I'd, I'd encourage you to lean into your small group and, uh, and, and y'all help each other. I I really think this is going to be a great opportunity for the church to, uh, to be the church, not only in the community, but also with one another. So I want to encourage you in that to start thinking that way. What does it look like to be the church in this, in this season? So, so with that, today I do want to talk to you for a few minutes about faith versus fear. Which, uh, I would, I'm gonna go ahead and go on a limb right now and say that probably every single pastor today in America, in some way, shape, or form, is preaching on faith and fear. What's the difference? How does it apply to us as people, as the church? What does it look like? Um, I'm sure, come on, y'all. I'm on Facebook. I see all the same posts y'all do. You know, some people are like, man, we're, we're Christians. We're supposed to live in faith, not fear. And everybody's freaking out. And, and, you know, I sort of have trouble uh, with some of, the way that, some of the ways that people define some things because um, I don't think by reacting to <laughs> maybe what our governor wants us to do or, or by just the, uh, you know, the, the people who know. Come on, y'all, Northway, don't know. Whenever we talk about the people who know, right, uh, they are saying certain things. I don't think by, by preparing and uh, being proactive that that's necessarily fear, but what is fear? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Because it's also a very real thing as well. So we kind of want to look at the contrast between them, but sort of something that I was thinking about that I thought kind of laid it out in a straight up way was, uh, was kind of looking at it, looking at it like this. Faith is trusting God with everything. Fear is trusting God with some things, right? So faith is like God, no matter what I see, no matter what I go through, like, like, I'm trusting you. And so there's this faith in him, this total belief, this total trust in him where fear is trusting in some things, right? I mean, think about it in your marriage or whatever. If you only trust your spouse in some things, do you really trust them? Right? If you if you if you have a friend and you only trust them with a couple of things, do you really trust them? Or I mean, are they a good friend? Right? So it's either like they're a good friend and you can trust them, or they're not. And uh, you know, I think it's the same thing with God. A lot of times, people it's like I'll, I'll trust God with these few things, but not with all of it. All of it, because you know, just like I, I got to retain some control. But whenever you look at what faith really is, faith is going all in. It's all in, all in trust. And so I want to read some scriptures to sort of set us up for today. I want to start with 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So I want to bring you this thought. If God does not give us believers a spirit of fear, then who does? It's not God. At the very least, it's ourself. And our sin nature, which is is totally anti God, right? And so, right off, if we're operating in fear, we're not operating in the spirit of love and power and and self control. If we're spastic, running all over the place, uh, whether it's you know the virus or whether it's just in general, I mean, y'all, look, some of the, some of y'all. Y'all been operating like this for quite a while. It didn't just start last week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, it's been going on for a little while. So, so whether, you know, whether or not it's about the virus or just about your bills or whatever the case is, man, how are you operating? Are you operating in a spirit of fear or spirit of love, power, and self-control? Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Come on. Those are some pretty stout words, right? Don't fear what can happen in the temporary. Really, we should fear who has control over the temporary and the eternal. All of it, his name is Jesus, and that's what we believe. And so we should fear him above all. Now, whenever we talk about that word fear, It's not freaking out, you know, the wrath of God. As believers, we know that Jesus has appeased the wrath of God. And so for us, we get to please him. So when we talk about fearing him, we're talking about reverence and respect and honor, knowing his power and also knowing how much he loves us at the same time. And a lot of you, you know, the scripture, right? Perfect love casts out fear and it's talking about fear of judgment. And so even whenever we read the Bible and we see this word fear, it can be used in different ways. And so I hope to bring some clarity to that as well today. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. So notice the sequence there, okay? Give thanks, love God. We thank you for all that you've done for us, right? Then you'll experience God's peace, peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Passes our understanding. See, so that right now, even what's going on in our nation, some people are freaking out and others are calm, even knowing the same information. For believers, I think that we can look in the face of the information, the facts and the things that we see, and we can still have a calm and a rest and a peace because our calm, rest and peace is not based upon our, you know, our 401k. It's not based upon what's going on in the economy, what's going on in our body. Our peace and our rest comes from something greater, something greater, someone greater. And I like the scripture, the last one, and then we'll kind of dig in a little bit deeper. Psalm one twelve seven. 7. He, the righteous person, is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Thursday morning, woke up, Everything's cool, like the normal Thursday morning, and uh, go to work. And I mean, honestly, kind of knew this thing was going to be developing in a certain way. Um, even over the last couple of weeks, we've been having a lot of conversa- conversations behind, uh, behind the scenes and just talking about how this was going to affect us as people, but also our church. And I woke up Thursday morning. Hey, look, man, we're doing everything's good. You know what I'm saying? And by Thursday at, I don't know, around one o'clock, it was like, okay, we got to make some changes. That was bad news. Now, for some of us, that bad news means it's it's a spectrum. For some of us, honestly, we're not really worried about our job. We're not really worried about our family. For some of us, we're feeling pretty confident, depending on your scenario. Other people, this is greatly affecting them, both now and for the next few months. Whether or not it's as bad as it seems, a lot of us are gonna be affected in a lot of different ways. But I love this scripture because it says, the righteous person does not fear bad news. He stands firm. And so over the last week, we've gotten some bad news. Over the next few weeks, we might get some worse news. But every single news that we get, all of it, we stand firm. We trust. We lean into God. We lean into the church. And we know that God will see us through it. You know, one thing over the last few weeks, I've been uh, watching a World War II documentary. And, uh, you know, I grew up in school, and, or when I was in school, I, I didn't quite... I don't know. I just didn't quite appreciate history, and you know, I was kind of one of those like upper C, lower B students. And for whatever reason, I just I don't know. I just didn't like click into history. And over the last few years, it's really become uh, something that I, I enjoy reading about and studying, and I love watching documentaries. And so I've been watching this documentary on World War II, and uh, my grandpa was actually in World War II. He was in the Navy, and so uh, so I was watching this, and I was looking at all the people that all the people that that were that were suffering. And they were in fear. And, um, and I really, I was, I was just seeing this pain. And I was realizing, you know, honestly, for me, I haven't experienced a lot of that. Like, honestly, you know, my generation, I'm 35 years old. And, and me and my friends, a lot of us, we, we haven't really had a lot of fear. And there's been things that have happened in our country over the last few years, obviously. But, you know, sometimes it's just what's on the news. It's, it's like you feel almost disconnected from it. And sometimes we can really disconnect from uh, being empathetic with what, what's going on. And so, so there's news, and there's good news, there's bad news. And no matter what, we want to stand firm, knowing that suffering is nothing new, suffering's nothing new. We can read about it in a history book, but uh, but But, you know, there's there's times where we're going to experience suffering. And so we've got to be prepared for that in our faith. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to lean into Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And this is really where Jesus lovingly commands us not to worry. Have you ever uh, been talking to somebody and you're talking about the big situation that's in your life and they just say, man, don't worry about all that. (laughs) Don't you... By the way, if I look down, I got some friends down here in the front row, all right? I need some, some, some feel, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know what I'm talking about? Somebody's freaking about, a, about something, and then somebody just says, man, don't worry about that. It's like, it's easy for you to say, you know, you're not in this situation. But guess what? Jesus told us, he said, hey, guys, don't worry. So well, I want to talk about that today, because fear leads into worry and anxiety and all these things. And Jesus had a few things to tell us about. I believe who better to learn from and who better to imbibe the proper spirit, the proper perspective of all these things than Jesus himself. And so so Jesus, verse 25, he says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Jesus gets straight to the point. He goes straight to the thing that most of us think about when it comes to worry. We think about our everyday life, what we're gonna eat, what we're gonna wear, are we gonna have enough food and drink, our our necessities. And Jesus says, hey guys, don't worry about everyday life. It's the heart of the matter. Because honestly, we don't wanna experience lack. We don't wanna, I mean, come on, it's in our nature as human beings. We don't wanna experience lack. Now in America, it's even, it's even a bigger deal because for us, if we can't get on the internet quick enough, we're like suffering, you know? It's like, man, this is lack. You know, Netflix isn't working right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on. And we define things that really aren't lack as lack. And, and we, we can really get frustrated about that. Why do you think there's a run on the grocery stores? Come on, y'all. People are scared that there's just not going to be enough And what's crazy about that is it actually produces other problems. Whenever people react like that, there's a run on toilet paper, you know? I mean, I guess we kind of understand why to a certain extent. I mean, none of us want to run out of toilet paper, right? (laughs) But at the same time, it's this, what's driving it? You know, and I think that's the thing. I, I, I think, you know, we could be prepared, but what's driving the preparedness, Is it, I just want to be prepared. I want to be ready. Want to, you know, all my necessities that I have at my house, or is it out of panic? There's a big difference there. And Jesus is speaking to that. He says, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? I think it's a big question. Is our life more than food and clothing and all of the things that we can put our hand on and and, and touch? Is it? I don't know if we really are honest about it. If it's if it is more than that. I think sometimes we're kind of like the things that we can touch, the temporary, possibly do matter more than the eternal. And you gotta be very honest and humble to admit that. But let's look around us, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Let's look around us. But Jesus says, isn't it more than that? This next part, he says, look at the birds. Now, here's the deal. What I see him kind of saying here too is just take a second, take a moment. Now, over the next few weeks, I think all of us are going to have a few extra moments to look at the birds, all right? Like, we're going to have some extra time. Um, and I would like to say this. As we are slowing down our lives, as we are slowing down even what we do as a church, let's actually look at it through the proper lens that, man, this is an opportunity to chill out, to, to, to back off of some things, to maybe kind of get off the treadmill of what's going on in our lives, you also have to not get caught up in the fear of, well, if I don't keep all this going, what's going to happen? Let's not go there. Why don't we actually look at it and say, man, let, let's just hit pause. You know, there, there, I saw a video of uh, some people in Italy, which of course is one of the, most, uh, the hardest hit areas right now. And, uh, and all of these people, they've been in their house for, uh, it's, it's like, what, I don't know how long it's been now. It's, it's weeks. But I saw this, uh, this video of all these people standing on their back, back porches and they kind of were all facing each other and, uh, and they were singing. And I was like, you know, these moments, even it's terrible. And of course, none of us want this to happen. But even in that, those moments wouldn't even take place. Sometimes I think humanity has just gotten disconnected to a point where it's like, it takes almost tragedy and things like this to draw humanity out of us again, you know? And if we can get past the fear and the panic and all of that, those those crazy reactions, I believe that we can actually see some beauty in this. And so, but Jesus says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? He's like, look at the birds, man. Look, they don't prepare. They're not storing up food. Come on, some of you, I mean, you got like, you got rice and beans and, and canned goods stored up for like, you know, a year. Like you're ready to go. You know, you're stored up, ready to go. And others of you, you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna do if any of this actually takes place. Um, I think no matter what, we, first off, we have to position ourselves and say, man, God cares for us and he's gonna supply our every need according to what he defines as our every need not necessarily what we define as our every need. So it's important that we are uh, allowing our perspective to be shifted in this time. I wanna say this though. The father sees you and values values your life. However, if it doesn't work out the way that you want, you can trust that it's working out the way that, that God wants. Now at Northwood, we've talked a lot about the concept of God's sovereignty and his goodness and his faithfulness in spite of what we see. And we talk a lot about having a high view of God. And whenever you trust in God fully, you have a high view of God. And so you're placing his plan, his purpose, and what happens above our comfort and convenience and saying, no matter what I experience, he's still good and faithful. And that's a big, it's a big hurdle for some people to cross because we define God by our standards. We define God by our thinking. We talked a lot, a lot about this, about what do you believe about God? We talked about if you take out any of God's attributes, if you take one away from who he is, you no longer have the God of the Bible. Some people say, man, God is love and he's good and he's faithful, but they also don't see the other wonderful attributes of God that he is, there's wrath right? There's judgment, there's mercy, but there's also wrath. And, and, and whenever we see all of those things in balance and, and in context, we really are understanding who God is. And it actually strengthens us in times like this. You know, times tragedy and tough times, it causes us to ask a lot of questions. And I'm convinced that a lot of times we as people, we just ask terrible questions. We ask all the wrong questions because a lot of times they're even selfish questions, and it's very difficult. It's very, it's very difficult to talk through those. Some of you right now, maybe you're watching, and, and you're for sure you're you're on the fence of whether God is good, and it's not even really based upon what you're seeing right now in our nation. It actually goes further back than that. You just you're not you're, you're trying you're wrestling with with what you see and what you feel, and then what you read about maybe in the Bible. I want to encourage you to not take God out of context, even in tragedy, even in difficult times. Verse 27, Jesus says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And of course, right right here, right now, you know, we're we're kind of in this perspective. We know that worry is is fruitless, is pointless, but yet, come on, y'all, don't we do it a lot? We still worry. We start running all the what ifs. What if this, what if that? The what ifs are endless. Did you know that you can literally ask what if to the worst case scenario and you could take a wonderful day and completely ruin it? I mean, you wake up, everything's great. Everything's going good. And and just, you're standing there getting ready for work or whatever it is, and you start running and playing out all these worst case scenarios. And within five minutes, you're in the depths of despair And nothing's even happened. Worry is pointless. It's fruitless. It distracts us from what really matters. And Jesus is saying something about it to us right now. 28, verse 28, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And then he asks a massive question. And I think this is the question that he was really working towards. And I think it's a question that we need to ask whenever we experience these times of worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, we need to ask this question why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? I can't help but think about the Israelites. They go into bondage. They're in bondage for 400 years and, and they, it's, they're broken in their minds and their hearts. They're completely in bondage spiritually, emotionally, physically. And Moses comes with the word of God And he begins to to perform these miracles. These these plagues come. He he's got the staff. Y'all remember he's got the staff. He throws the staff down on the stairs or in the in the the, uh, before Pharaoh and the magicians do the same thing and they replicate these these miracles. But and and plague after plague, almost the, the the magicians were able to sort of you know mirror it. And then all of a sudden they couldn't anymore. And the Israelites are seeing God do great things. They get delivered. And they, they, they're in the wilderness. They're out there. They're, they, they get the Ten Commandments. All of these things are taking place. And yet it's crazy that within a few weeks of their deliverance from God, doing incredible things, that then they questioned whether he was going to continue to provide for them. Their faith, even though they had seen these incredible things, for whatever reason, their faith ran out. In our lives, we're going to go through seasons where it seems like God is just going before us in a great tangible way. And then we're going to go through times where like the psalmist says a lot is, God, where are you? I don't even know where you're at right now. It's in those moments of lack, I believe that our, our, the greatest test of faith is. And we lean into what God has done that we we look back and we gain faith for today to look forward in hope for tomorrow. And Jesus is saying, why do you have such little faith? Verse 31, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. These are the thoughts, these are the questions that unbelievers ask. The Israelites begin to ask questions and question God in a way that the pagans did. Let us not do the same thing. Let us not ask the questions that reveal <laughs> the lack of faith that we have, but let us, let us declare truth and let us lean in to the promises of God and trust in, in those things, right? Let us not think the same thoughts that unbelievers do. And then in verse 33, Jesus tells us what we should worry about, what we should seek. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek first the kingdom of God. Hey, hey look, if you're going to worry about anything, if you're going to seek anything, if you're going to put all your eggs in any basket, let it be the kingdom of God above all else. That is the big thing. That is the main focus. Do that. Live righteously. Live righteously. Live according to the righteous commands of God, right? Let us obey him and live a life that, that lifts him up. And he will give you everything you need. Now, there's a difference between needs and wants. Come on, y'all, we know that, right? right there's, there's, I mean, I need this. I, I need, you know, I need to, whenever I retire, be able to live at the same exact level that I did for the last 30 years. And that's what I need or is that what we want? You see, we live in a culture that defines wants as needs, and then our thinking gets to a place where it's like, if we only have one vehicle, we must not be doing something right. We need at least two, and then we need a recreational vehicle on the side just for fun. Those are not needs. Those are wants. Those are cultural things that we've tacked on. It's just, it's a completely different spectrum. So let's not define wants as needs. He's saying, God's gonna give you everything you need. Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow. Now, easy for Jesus to say, right? Come on, we said that earlier. You know, you're sitting down, you're, you're talking about your worries and your fears and somebody just says, man, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Now, this is what I want you to do. Whatever it is that you've been thinking about, that you've been worrying about, it doesn't have to be necessarily coronavirus, Coronavirus, right? Maybe it's your bills, it's your health, it's your family. It's that job opportunity. I know for a lot of people now with, with what's going on, you, you got some worries about tomorrow with your business. You got some worries with, with some things. And, and you know what? Those aren't um, illegitimate. But whatever it is that you are fearing or having anxiety about or you're worrying about, I want you right now to label it as tomorrow. Because that's really what it is. It's tomorrow. If you take, if you just take anything you're worrying about, man, are my kids going to make it? Man, you know, am am I going to graduate school? Am I going to get that certain GPA so I can get into a certain college, do the certain thing? All of those things, they're really tomorrow. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. And I love this for tomorrow will bring its own worries. (laughs) Wednesday was a normal day. Thursday Everybody changed, everything goes nuts. Come on, y'all. Yesterday, man, we didn't even know whether we could go to McDonald's or not. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's where it's just where it gets quick. It goes quick. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but guess what? We do know. We do know what's going on right now, and we do know what's in front of us today. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to have its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Like, there's enough going on today that we don't need to reach out for tomorrow and and pull that anxiety and those, those thoughts into today. Now, you guys know me, most of you do. I, I'm, not, I'm not a guy that says, oh, just whatever, don't plan for anything. No, there's a balance. But when it comes to worry and fear, I can guarantee you this. If I'm talking about something that's tomorrow in fear and anxiety and worry, that's whenever I'm wrong. And that's whenever I need to stop and say, I can't talk about that right now. I'm caught up in the wrong spirit. I'm in the wrong mindset right now. That's the difference. It's not about not planning for tomorrow. It's about not fearing tomorrow. Totally different conversation. Something that we need to know, it's very important for us to understand as we talk about trusting God, leaning into Him, is that your Father, God, is here with you today and He'll be there for you tomorrow. Today was yesterday's tomorrow, right? And every day, there's a tomorrow. There's a tomorrow. Was God with you yesterday? Was he there for you a year ago? Did he walk through that, that pain that you experienced five years ago? That loss that you had in your life? He'll be faithful today in the same exact way. We need to trust him. Now, I wanna give you some practical things as we close today. I wanna to give you three actions to fight fear and worry because here we are Sunday. What's the date today? Is it the 12th? 15th, 15th, it's not the 12th, not even close. (laughs) Three days behind, (laughs) oh my goodness. All right, over the next, see, if everybody was here, if it was like a big crowd, people would be laughing right now, but it's like, maybe you're laughing at home, I hope so. But three actions to fight fear and worry. You see, over the next few days, next week by this time, there will be some things that are going to happen. Some, some people are going to post articles, right? They, they, your, your family and friends are going to say things, and there's going to, uh, an, an, a raised up amount of fear and worry and opportunity to do that is going to happen, and we've got to have tools to fight that. So, what we want to do. Number one, we want to declare our trust in God. For some of you, it's going to look like this. You're freaking out. You're scared and you're like, God, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And you begin to speak the words of life, right? And you begin to declare that your trust is in God. Not that you necessarily feel it in the moment, but you begin to speak it in faith. God, I trust in you. Guys, look, about two weeks ago, I was not having a very good week. There were some things going on. Um, Actually, it was leading up to the day of prayer and worship. So it's been about a week and a half and just some stuff was going on. And um, came to prayer, you know what I'm saying? Came to lead prayer and worship. Come on, y'all. You know, I, I, you know everybody, I guess, thinks sometimes that the pastor doesn't have a, a terrible day. It was a bad day. It was one of those days where I didn't even want to, like, I'm just going to be honest. Maybe it's because I'm looking at the camera, not to a lot of people. I'm going to be like ultra honest right now. Is that okay? I did not want to be at prayer and worship night. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Gasps, Gasps you know? I didn't want to be there. It was just one of those days I wanted to, I mean, come on, let's wrap up in a fleece blanket. You know what I'm saying? Drink a Coke and just, just chill out on the couch. And, um, but I had to actually lead it. So I had to be there and um, showed up and I wasn't really feeling it. I wasn't really feeling it. And uh, I was going to be reading a couple of scriptures out of 1 Corinthians 15. And so I decided before I came out just to, to sit and just read through the whole chapter And I was at the end of myself emotionally. Um, I was spent. But I began to read truth. And I began to read about the resurrection. I began to read about how Paul was talking about, man, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then all this is pointless. And he began just to to share the gospel. And as I began to read that, I mean, it was like I took a big old deep breath. Like, whew. My, my mind was recentered on something that was greater than my situation, my circumstance, on a greater truth that superseded anything else. And as I began to lean into that truth, the, the temporary thing that I was seeing took a, a far second seat. Whenever we declare our trust in God, that's what we're doing. We're declaring our trust in something greater, someone greater than what we see. And that's how we as believers live our life. Number two is that I want you to begin to rename your worry tomorrow. Call it tomorrow, all right? We plan for tomorrow, but we don't panic about tomorrow. So if you're freaking out about certain things, right? If there's, there's certain things that are in your life, whether or not it's even about what we're going through right now, come on y'all, in two years, say, man, that's, that's tomorrow. We're approaching that in the wrong way. Rename your worry tomorrow. And the last thing so I wanna want encourage you to participate in what God is doing today. Today, focus, what's happening today? What is God doing in my life today? And this means something special right now because today there's a lot of people around you who are fearful. Today, there's a lot of people who maybe tomorrow with schools closing down, they're really not sure what they're gonna do about their job. Maybe there's some people they don't have anywhere to, to, for, their, for their kid to be cared for. For some of you, you might be at a place where, you know what? I can have a couple kids come stay at my house for a few weeks. Is that a price to pay for some people you love? Absolutely. What is God doing today? What are the needs around us today? Maybe you have a next door neighbor who uh, they need somebody to go pick up some groceries for them. Right? What, what is it? How can you be Jesus in the community right now? You see, what happens is this. Whenever we encounter resistance, a lot of times we go into self-preservation mode. I do it, I understand. We go into this mode that says, "Man, I, I just want to make sure that me and my family are okay." And I'm not saying that that's wrong. That that is definitely the first step, okay? I got two little girls. I want to make sure that they're okay. But there's some point where we as believers, we have to open up our hearts. We have to open up ourselves and say, "What are we supposed to do as the church?" How can we love one another properly? The Bible says that people are gonna know that we're followers of Christ because of how we love one another. What does that look like in the season? How are we gonna serve each other? Come on, y'all, 90% of your plans have gotten canceled. You're gonna be sitting at the house anyway, watching Netflix. Come on, y'all, just be honest. Instead of just saying, oh, hey, this is just a time off for me. Although I would say we probably don't wanna go in massive gatherings, Okay. It's still, what about, what about so-and-so? How are they doing? I just texted somebody yesterday. They live out of state, they're in the medical field. And um, I texted him and I said, hey, how are you doing? And uh, we began to go back and forth for a little bit through text. And um, there was a point where uh, this person said, man, thank you for reaching out. My own family hasn't done that. And uh, I just, it spoke something to me. It said, you know what? A lot of times we get so isolated. I gotta take care of myself. I gotta take care of what I gotta do. But what about those other people who they need somebody to text them or call them and say, hey man, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? We have no idea how God is gonna use us as the church over the next few weeks. But I wanna challenge all of us to participate in what God is doing today. What does that mean? How are we gonna serve people? How are we gonna step up as the church? Small groups, If you're in a small group, look, how are you gonna step up for your small group members? What does that look like? How are we truly gonna love one another in this way and through this season? But at the end of the day, let's not worry. Let's not live in fear. God has not given us that spirit. He's given us a spirit of love and power and self-control. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word, it cuts through all of the emotions. It cuts through all of the the, the thoughts that we might have. And God, you cut to our hearts. So God, in this season, God, we are truly in the unknown right now. We've never been here before. God, I pray that you would lead your people. God, that we would truly have wisdom not fear, that we would truly look at this in a way, in the same way that you would, which is what is it that we are supposed to be doing? Who is it that we can love? Who is it that we can be Jesus to? And God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to do it. I pray for protection over your people. God, that you would protect our minds from all of the thoughts and all of the fear and all the anxiety. God, that you would protect us from being cynical. Lord, for those who are not in fear, God, that you would help them to not go over to the other side and and end up pointing a finger at those who maybe are worried about what's going on. Lord, that we would truly be Christ-like to those who are in fear and to those who are not. But God, let us walk with boldness and courage, with humility and meekness. God, let the fruit of your spirit truly abound in our lives over the next season. God, that we would truly walk away from this learning how to trust you, learning how not to live in fear, but to live in faith. We know that you're with us now. We believe it because your word says it. We acknowledge you in all of our ways. And God, we know that you will direct our paths. And God, we declare right now that even if things don't work out the way that we want them to, we know that they're working out the way that you want them to. At the end of the day, that you will receive glory and honor and praise. We truly trust in you, Jesus. And we thank you again for the opportunity to gather like we have today. God, online, we thank you for technology, Jesus, that you've given us the ability to do this. God, I pray this week, God, no matter what comes, no matter what worst case scenario comes, God, that we would approach it in faith, not fear. We love you. Jesus, we thank you for giving your life on the cross so we could stand in a moment like this and not fear death and fear sickness. God, we know that, that if we do die or if a worst case scenario happens, Lord, we will be with you. So therefore, even in death, there is not fear. The sting has been lost because of the cross. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, look, today I got a few things that I wanna to say to you in closing. Some uh, some important information for many of you, you're watching today, and, and this might have been your first exposure to a church service in years. And I believe that God was speaking to you. And I believe that some of you, even right now, you're feeling like, man, I'm, I, think I'm, I think I realize I need to put my faith in God. I truly need to trust in him. And if that's you and you want some more information of what that looks like, even online, come on, we can still reach out to you. Uh, And so here's the deal. I'd love for you if you want some more information of what this relationship with God looks like, if you want some more information about the church, uh, come on, at some point we will be back together. (laughs) All right? And and so in that we want to come alongside you and help you in that. We have an online Connect card. It's called our What's Next card. And so actually if you would go to northwood.church slash what's next, you'll be able to fill out a card. We'll reach out to you this week and uh and make sure that that you get all of your questions answered um each location come on we are one church three locations opening up our fourth location this year in ocean springs and uh, so our our campus pastors we want to reach out to you and just make sure that that all of your answers your questions are answered and especially if you've got any questions about what it looks like to live for god we'd love to come alongside you and support you in that um if Northwood Church is your home church, if you, if you say, hey, man, that's where I go to church, then we believe that uh, what it looks like to be a member of Northwood Church is that you're a giver. You're a contributor here at Northwood Church. And so obviously this is a, uh, these are, are different times, but again, thanks to technology, we can continue to give. Um, I wanna say something about giving. Uh, giving is not something that we have to do. Like, oh man, got to write the check. The Bible actually says the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And so if you write those checks and, <laughs> and you're angry about it, uh, man, I, I'd encourage you to pray about it and, and, and see what God speaks to you about giving. But uh, for, for those of you who understand cheerful, cheerful giving, um, come on, y'all, look, let's continue to give. Um, obviously in this season, we're sort of uh, possibly going to be looking at how we handle money and, and the things that we invest in. Um, and what we're really looking to do with money. Uh, But there's gonna be a lot of people with a lot of different needs. And so we're gearing up even for that. So continue to be faithful in your giving, um, but, uh, but also use wisdom at the same time. So also with that, uh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned that you can go to northwood.church slash give and actually see the different ways to give there. Uh, you can give online. Also, yeah, I do want to say this. Um, for some of you, you don't, you don't give online, but you give either cash or check. Uh, you can go ahead and mail those things in as well. 14281 O'Neill Road, Gulfport, Mississippi, 39503. You can mail those in as well and we will uh, we'll take that money that way as well. Uh, small groups, again, look, small groups, we're going to, some of them are meeting still and some of them are going online sort of depends on the size of the group and all that's, you know, just kind of at the discretion of the small group leader. But in that we're meeting in some way, shape, or form. Some of you even, you don't really want to go to a small group and get around, you know, 20, 30 people or whatever. Uh, you'd rather meet online. We're going to have some groups that are meeting online. And so if your group is meeting in person, but you'd rather meet online, you can, uh, you know, let us know, let your small group leader know, and we'll get you connected to a group that is meeting online. Um, also for uh, kind of ongoing information we're going to be posting some things on social media um, I'll be kind of going Facebook live here and there and kind of trying to keep everybody up to date with what what we're doing here as a church uh, but also uh, we actually started a, a webpage page it's northwood.church slash coronavirus and you can check that out and uh, kind of keep up to date with anything there as well and last I want to let you all know that our missions trips are all on pause right now we're taking it day by day week by week uh, but obviously this is more than likely going to affect many of those trips. And so um, let me say this in closing. Everything is thrown off. Everything's thrown off. And so every day, I want you to approach every situation that's canceled, every event that's postponed, uh, whether it's church, whether it's in our nation. Come on, church, let's approach all these conversations with a lot of grace, okay? And a lot of flexibility, Let's be flexible in the season. And so if you're planning a missions trip going, hey, look, I, I'm supposed to be going to Israel this year. I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> of all years, right? But, uh, but it's about being flexible for, uh, for what's going on around us. And so let's speak, let's speak with grace. Let's let our, our speech be seasoned with grace. And, and let's speak life in this season, not death. Let's speak. You know, be, be positive, be faith-filled. And, uh, and we're gonna walk through this and we're gonna come out on the other side stronger. That's what I believe. Hope you guys believe the same thing. Again, thanks for watching online. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.